Hey guys, this is Sam Valentine and you are listening to This Guy's Sick. I'm going to be real quick. I'm just cutting in before the episode starts to talk about the changes going on with this podcast. Firstly, and the biggest change I think, I want to introduce you all to Larissa. She has been on in the past. Uh, she was on in the Square Posting Ensemble Cast episodes. Larissa is our newest member of the team. I've been friends with her for a few years now. She's a great girl and a very good friend of mine. So I'd like to give her a warm welcome. I hope uh, from a feedback standpoint, you all enjoy uh, listening to Larissa and the things she comes out and what she has to say. So I really hope that you embrace her with open arms as you have us. Secondly, uh, what you're about to listen to is Larissa's debut. And I know I said she was on the Ensemble cast episodes, but this is her proper, this is her coming out. This is her, this is her debut where she and John got to sit down and talk to the ever talented Susan Calloway. And finally, we're expanding the podcast. I mean, that should be obvious. The fact that there is an, an interview going on with uh, Larissa and John, and I've done some interviews in the past with Rab Toons and the Night Sky Prince. But yeah, we're expanding, we're moving things forward, uh, we're, we're growing as a team, we're going to be doing a lot more. The roundtable comedy-centric episodes will obviously continue, but we're adding some more discussion and interviews to our episode lineup moving forward. Uh, this is the first of those newer episodes and first of showing off the, the new cast members and, and letting them do their own thing and seeing where we can take this and where we can grow this in the future. So I really want you to, you know, give me the feedback. Let me know. Uh, let those guys know. And obviously, you know, well done to to John and Larissa for doing this, for, for um, branching out with us and for coming on board and being part of the team. So I'm now going to hand over to John. I really hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Thanks for all your support in 2020. Uh, I know it's been a tough year for everyone and 2021 is looking brighter and bigger and i hope we can continue to entertain you uh in various ways rather than just the the, the normal way we do moving forward welcome ladies and gentlemen to this guy are sick uh my name is john i'm not sam sam didn't suddenly become american uh i am john uh but i'm not alone today i do have a couple of cohorts i have a couple of co-conspirators uh, and first, I should introduce somebody who is a household name in the Final Fantasy fan base, somebody who has made a living off of this, and that is Larissa. Larissa, hmm. how are you? I'm doing really good. How about you? Well, I'm still breathing. I'm still sucking air. No, I'm great. I'm, I am <laughs> doing pretty well. And uh, somebody that nobody has ever heard of ever, Susan Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody how are you thank you so much for having me today john and Marissa. Oh, absolutely like i was saying to you before um like right before we started recording uh susan was whew, just bursting at the seams with energy so we wanted to try to capture some of that like really try to harness some of that uh while it was still fresh while it was still live but uh you are a talent Susan, you're a treasure. You're great. And you're just a great person. I could tell. Uh, and I could both tell just in the five seconds we had with you. Absolutely. But uh, so I got to come clean with you. I'm not as familiar with you as Larissa is. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, uh, Larissa does have some questions for you. I'll probably jump in here or there, but I really want to see you two uh, interface 
uh, and just really talk about your career, your music, anything that you've done that isn't music, uh, things you like, things you don't like, and, uh, <laughs> things of that nature. So Larissa, I mean, I think you could pretty much take it from there. Take it over. It's my show now. <laughs> yeah, girl power. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Susan, um, it's great to, that you know we found the time and everything to make this work. And I was so excited when you had initially like emailed me back and everything, and we had set this all up. It was uh, kind of like a dream come true, I guess. I didn't think that this was going to happen actually. Uh, well, I am. It's my pleasure to join you guys, and I, you know, I really love connecting with the Final Fantasy community. So it's, you know, I'm just I appreciate you guys having me on, and it's so great to be able to talk to fans and to share what I'm doing because you know this really is a community, and that's what I love about it. You know? Yeah, absolutely, and we love having you here. It's so awesome. It's yeah, I'm just cool. it's like a ball of energy in this. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um. But um, so a bit more into like your personal life and what got you into music and stuff. Um, you started playing piano at a really young age. Yes, I did. I, you know, I mean, I think one of the things that's a blessing, I guess, is when you figure out who you are super young. I mean, there's a benefit to that, I guess, because for me, I've always sort of known, you know, music is something that was like breathing for me ever since I was a kid, you know, and my parents were amazing. They really nurtured and encouraged me, which was great. And I started studying piano when I was about five. And then I started writing music when I was about 12. And I would perform my songs like at school and church and things like that, you know, um, and, and I was singing also and then started studying voice when I was um, a little older. I was like in, I think maybe late junior high, early high school when I started studying voice. I mean, voice is not an easy thing to study, especially when you're young. And that's uh, that can be challenging. <laughs> right. That was something that I did want to uh, add into there, too. Yeah. Practicing vocals around, like you said, um, you know, maybe like 12 or 13 or so you're about to go into high school and stuff. I mean, let alone like the fact that, you know, your own voice is going to be changing at some point and having to, you know, work with that and, you know, still make it work. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird, right? Like your voice just suddenly you're singing one way and then you hit puberty, everything changes a little bit. Right. And was that, was that like a struggle for you or did you just well, slide right into it? Well, I mean, that's a lot harder for men because men actually their voice changes like mm -hmm. for real. I mean, women don't go through obviously that voice change that, you know, that men do. Right. I mean, what's hard about studying voice and I actually do some coaching sidebar. <laughs> I do do some vocal coaching and artist coaching on the side, which we can talk about a little bit on this too, because, you know, who knows, maybe there's some people maybe interested out there that are hearing, Absolutely. Um, but I do it over the internet. It's, it's really effective. Um, but the thing that's hard about studying voice, quite honestly, is that you can't see your voice. And when you study another instrument like guitar or piano or, you know, fill in the blank, you can actually see there's like a visual interaction with your instrument and things like that and your voice is hard is that it's so much by feel and by you kind of being in touch with your own body and that's why it's very hard to do um or to study voice at a young age because it takes a, a fair amount of maturity and kind of self-awareness which most young mm -hmm. kids don't have you know really you also have the fact mm -hmm. that everybody's body everybody's uh, vocal cords diaphragms are all made a little differently right like sure. guitar we've been doing guitars well you actually play guitar like how yeah. how long have we been making them you know what i mean so right. exactly. you can make it, they're not all built the same but you any like any spanish guitar right you know right. how to 
play Spanish guitar. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. people are just kind of luck of the draw, like whatever you get, right? Right, right. Well, no, and there are certain kind of principles that hold true, even if there's like a slight variation of an instrument or something. But it's, but again, I mean, a voice is definitely something that is challenging. And that's, that's always the challenge that I have with students is, you know, when I'm teaching is, is, you know, trying to get them to, you know, get in touch with their own talent, really, you know, which is really a fun journey, but it's also can be really hard, you know, so it's absolutely, but but yeah, I studied voice all the way through college and studied piano all the way through college. And I actually had music scholarships and things like that, which was really nice and helpful. Um, and I just, you know, but, it, but music's one of those things, I think it's different than other careers that you can really have a lot of passion for something and, and even have a lot of talent. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. And it's very, um, you know, it's very relationship driven, you know, like really connecting with the right people, the right situation. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm especially grateful for the opportunity I've had with Final Fantasy, because even though I've had other successes in other areas of music, mm-hmm. this is a very unique opportunity that just really lined up in a really beautiful way where I was kind of the perfect singer for what was needed for a situation. And it just worked. You know what I mean? Like everything just kind of fell into place the way it was supposed to. That's awesome. Yeah. And none of us knew it was going to turn into this. I mean, what's kind of exciting about it is that when I first, because, you know, I had had known Arnie Roth, who you guys know who Arnie is, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I had known him for, you know, a few years, you know, before we started even working together. And I had done some sessions for him because he used to do, I mean, he does a lot of scoring and things for a variety of things. I mean, not only does he work with the Chicago Symphony, Right. And then obviously works, you know, I mean, Final Fantasy, I think, has pretty much taken over his life. I mean, he does do some other things, too, though. He's worked with a lot of big rock bands. He's done all kinds of things. But he he had hired me from time to time to work on projects like he would get, for example, he might get, you know, hired to do like a, a, a campaign for Coke, you know, and had to do a big string arrangement. And then there was like this vocal part. And so he'd hire me for that, you know, or whatever. So we had worked together in, in a different context. And then when he started working with, you know, Nobu and things like that and started doing some arranging for Final Fantasy. And I don't, honestly, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm not exactly sure how he started that situation. I mean, obviously he was involved way before I was. Mm-hmm. But he, um, you know, he was just working on that. It was Distant Worlds. It was the first Distant Worlds CD and they needed a singer. And Nobu really wanted an American pop singer. He just wanted like a different, you know, because there had been a variety of Japanese singers that had worked on the game and, and there's some great ones as we all know who they are. But he just wanted something different for where he was sort of taking things. And Arnie thought of me. He's like, well, we should have Susan try it. <laughs> and so he sent me this song, which is Memoria de la Stona, you know, Distant Worlds. He sent sure. it to me. And I heard, you know, I listened to it and I did a version, you know, I recorded it in my studio. I sent it back over the internet because, you know, that's how we all work now. And I uh, sent it back to him. I didn't really think anything of it. It was just another job. And the fans really received it well. And then right about that time, he had started kind of doing the Distant Worlds concert. And we were talking about it one day and he was like, hey, you know, you, you ever want to come and just perform this song live at one of, you know, one of these concerts? I'm like, sure, why not? Right. <laughs> That's awesome too. Cause I, um, I actually recalled the first time um, seeing or hearing of you. It was um, back in 2012, I went with a friend. Um, I live in Chicago also. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Distant Worlds out here, and it was for the um, 25th anniversary of the game. And um, I remember Googling the set list to kind of get an idea for what kind of songs they were going to play. Right. And I saw that Susan Calloway was going to be doing a cover of Eyes on Me. So I was like, 
okay, who's who? So that initially made me, you know, want to look you up and other stuff that you had yeah. done. So yeah, it was it was a nice um, opening into into your world from you know oh, what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm and I'm grateful for that because that's you know, and obviously any opportunity you have as a singer to share what you do is of such a. I mean, I consider it a privilege, you know, because it's. I mean, look, there's a lot of great singers in the world, you know, and there's a lot of great artists. And it's, I think the hardest thing as an artist is to really try to figure out how to capture people's attention and, you know, and give and have people give you a chance, you know, have people give your music a chance, have, give the, have them give you a chance. And I think that's what's really great about Final Fantasy is it's given me such a great introduction um, to my own music, which is great, you know, but yeah, everything kind of took off from there as far as uh, my involvement, you know, after we did a couple concerts, it just, you know, I don't even think any of us knew Distant Worlds was going to blow up like it did. I mean, because when it started, we were, it was just very small little concert venues. And then, you know, a few years later, it just, it was like exploding. <laughs> it was like, you know, were really at all. in there from like the ground level, like a part of the foundation. Yeah, I sort of was, I guess, aren't wasn't I? I mean, I think Arnie had done some things before he did. I think there was a tour he did called Voices or something that was kind of similar mm-hmm. to Final Fantasy, like to, or to Distant Worlds. But uh, yeah, that was I. Um, I was definitely involved towards the beginning of it, you know. And that and that's how I met Nobu Son because he Nobu came to one of the shows and really liked my voice, and that was right about the time they were conceiving Final Fantasy fourteen. Right. And he, like, I just want her to do it. And I mean, I'm really honored because I really, I've gotten to sing three songs for 14 and I, you know, I don't know if I'll do any more or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great. I, you know, I certainly am open to that as long as people aren't sick of me, <clears throat> but uh, I don't, I don't think they are. Honestly. No, I, mean, I would anybody... say that it's being sick of you is <laughs> the absolute opposite of what, um, you know, fans of Final Fantasy and especially 14 are feeling. I, yeah, <laughs> your music is, your songs are. People love them. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm glad. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to mention, too, um, how you they brought you in and stuff. And, you know, because you knew Arnie Roth and you kind of um, more or less started out doing um, cover songs more. So you did uh, like I had mentioned earlier, Eyes on Me, which was um, from eight, which is my final my favorite Final Fantasy. Sorry. Um, and then you did um what else melodies Memorial, of life yeah memorial yeah, dale stono uh kiss me goodbye from 12 yeah. i remember hearing that live that was beautiful um and then i did you correct me if i'm wrong did you do an english version for um suteki tane from 10 yes i did i awesome. did i did i did and then i think as in early and lately i know the last slew of shows that we've done we actually have had ricky come and do yes, the, the I saw that. Which is um, cool. What was it? I want to say it was 2018 or 19. The last time you guys were in Chicago, I definitely caught that show. Um, mm-hmm. And you you sang, uh, I know you did Answers. I believe you sang Dragon yeah. Song as well. Yes, I think I think I just sang those two that time. I, don't, I mean, I don't remember specifically, but I think it was just those two. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, I've sung a, a bunch of them and uh, it's, you know. It's been awesome. And we've got other ones. I mean, Arnie's always thinking of new ones to add. Obviously, we got a little interrupted uh, by the pandemic. Um, But there's talk of maybe adding Somnus, you know, and maybe Mm -hmm. some other pieces at some point. It would be kind of fun. I got a a quick question for you. um, Were you a little apprehensive sliding into uh, the distant worlds 
Well, I guess, was it called Distant Worlds at the time you hooked up uh, with Arnie Roth to do the project or was it still called Voices? No, it was called Distant Worlds. It was okay. a definitely a, a, a different tour than what he had done before. So. Okay. And you and you knew this was going to be like, all right, this is like a Japanese uh, video game right. franchise and it has its fan base. Were you apprehensive at all about like, because you said before you didn't want to... Um, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to mess up what you said. I want to paraphrase. You didn't like want to step on other people's toes, basically. Sure. Well, no. You know, well, I wasn't. Well, you know, I trusted Arnie, obviously, and obviously, I knew Square Enix was still at the helm of, you know, kind of making a lot of the decisions because they do are very much, you know, a part of like deciding what gets recorded, what gets performed, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I knew I wasn't. You know, I knew that if they were asking me to do it, it would be okay. It's. I think the the hardest thing as an artist is that it's very easy to get sort of pigeonholed in a certain genre. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I think that can be maybe a challenge. And, and yet at the same time, it's, you know, at some point you have to be sort of open too, because I, I mean, I took the opportunity because I really thought it would be a really effective way to reach a lot of people in a relatively short amount of time, because, you know, look, I mean, I'm, I actually was a lead singer of a very popular rock band when I was, mm-hmm. you know, a kid and I'm, I'm really a rock singer. I mean, truth, truthfully, I mean, it's not really, I mean, I like pop and stuff too, but my, that's, I'm more of an alternative rock artist. And so to be involved in something like this is really different than my normal thing. Right. Um, but it's been, it's been awesome though. I mean, how amazing to sing with an art, with a live orchestra, you know? And I think, because I'd studied classical music so extensively, it wasn't a difficult, you know, dress to wear, so to speak, mm-hmm. because I, I knew the, you know, I knew the kind of the protocol for that. But so it allowed me to, to be able to slip right into that position. OK, but it definitely is something where you don't want people to think, well, is this what she is? Because I am a lot more than that. And, you know, oh, yeah, of course, you don't want to be typecast. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where well, you know, what was kind of fun about that is um when I when we did a fan fest a couple of years ago, we did a slew of Final Fantasy fourteen fan fests, and yeah. um, one of the other writers for fourteen because Nobu hasn't written for fourteen in a while, um, uh, Sokan, who you probably know who he is, mm-hmm. he does a lot of writing fourteen. He has obviously the rock band, you know. I'm blanking the primals. <laughs> blanking on their name for a second. Um, the primals, who've also done a lot of songs for 14, and he asked me to sing with the primals, which was really great because it allowed me to kind of put myself in a little different position with the fans, you know. Right. Um, and I wonder if that's part of why Nobuo took a liking to you in the first place, just because he has a lot of rock influence as well. Yeah, I think right. so. Uematsu does the uh, the Black Mages as well, right? Yeah, he sure mm-hmm. does, and. Uh, yeah. At one point, we were even talking about doing some work together in that context, you know, and. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, which would have been really, I mean, I think the world of Nobu, he's, you know, one thing I really appreciate about him that really was very, um, well, it's one of those things you never forget. And you, it means so much to me as an artist, because I do respect him. And I think he's just incredible, you know, credible talent. Um, he, ever since I the first day I started working with him, he was so concerned about me contributing my artist kind of vibe to whatever we were doing. Like even if it meant a melody change or a style change, or he really wanted to, he wanted me to collaborate. He didn't want to just be like, here's the song and sing it exactly like this. And, you know, right. And that was really, um, that was really great, you know, that we could kind of do that together. And there were still some things that, you know, there were other opinions that weighed on, weighed in, 
you know, when we're recording. And that can be challenging too, because you're working with different cultures, which is also challenging because how we would do something in America. It would be done differently in Japan. Right. Exactly. And that's where it's interesting when I, I sometimes will catch some discussions with, you know, fans talking amongst themselves. And I think there's, there's sometimes not, that's not realized, you know, like sometimes I'm not making all the decisions for how <laughs> something's done. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, you just, you have to sort of, you know, you share your artistic vision to a point, but then you also have to respect, you know, what's going on and, and who's in the room, so to speak. So. Right. I think it's really cool too. Um, you know, that, um, Uematsu was able to let you, you know, be comfortable with what you were doing, you know, not just uh here's, you know, here's a paper with the lyrics, get to it. You know, you were able to to get comfortable with it so that you were in your own, you know, in your own, like in the right set of mind when you were performing it and everything. Just to I would assume just to, you know, allow you to tweak it so that it was the best version of it that it could be coming from you as the artist. Right. Right. And that's really what we want. You know, that's what you want to always do when you're I mean, one thing that you always say in the studio, if, you know, if you're really with people who know what they're doing anyway, mm-hmm. is you always want to, the song always tells you what it wants to do. And you have to, everyone sort of has to almost surrender to the song, you know, right. is, to really make the song great. And I think when we recorded that song and, and just the various processes that were involved, I mean, I think, you know, it was such a powerful tune and I, I knew right away, I think we all did that. It was like, wow, this is just a really strong piece of music i mean it's really it's almost epic sounding you know yeah honestly as soon as answers like even like right when it starts it's one of those songs that like yeah you like oh like you get kind of pumped up for it because you know that it's the beginning of the song and stuff and it just gets it just you know climbs and gets better from there oh for sure and i really credit nobu in particular because i mean he's the one that really was the it was his brainchild you know that created it and it's it's really uh you know, it was an honor. It was an honor to sing it and to work with him on it and to work with Arnie. I mean, Arnie is incredible too. I mean, I've learned a great deal from both those guys, you know, both those gentlemen. Right. Are, I can are imagine. Musicians, you know. Right. Um, still going, um, following the distant world stuff. Um, I mean, altogether, how would you say your experiences were with um, working with Uematsu and Arnie Roth? Awesome. I mean, they're both great. They're both, you know, I mean, Look, I mean, as a tour like this and just even pulling off like not only the show, but just even learning the music and how the music's going to be orchestrated and right. and everything. I mean, there's so much detail. And it's like, you know, my job really is easy because these guys do such a good job doing what they do. You know, right. I mean, it would be much harder if not. And I really appreciate the excellence that they both have for themselves and that they hold everyone else to around them, because that's what makes this show great, you know, is. Mm-hmm. You know, Arnie, you know, he definitely really pushes the orchestra and and obviously he's got great music to work with because Nobu, you know, wrote amazing, you know, tracks. So, I mean, it's really it's definitely a team effort. You know, we all have like a part to play and we all have to do it 110 percent. for it Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, great, great working with them. That's awesome. Um, so. Being that, you know, you've been doing music for basically your whole life, um, I guess, how is it performing on the stage, you know, singing at Distant Worlds versus uh, performing as a solo artist? Because, I mean, you know, when you're up there on the Distant Worlds stage, you know, you've got Arnie Roth conducting up there with you. You've got the choir. You've got all of the instruments and everything added to it. Right. 
Well, I mean, it's really different and it's playing with the, you know, performing with an orchestra is, um, I mean, it's one of the things that's hard is that when you're your own, like I do a lot of um, performing unplugged, like just me and the piano or me and guitar. And even though um, I do, I have performed many times with rock bands through my career. I, at this point, I actually really enjoy just kind of doing more of a singer songwriter thing. And I do, I've been doing some more production based songs, which I actually just sidebar put out a new single a few months ago called favorite scar, which is out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yes, kind of, I love that song actually. Oh, oh, thank you. But it's kind of an, you know, it's kind of like a singer songwriter slash alternative pop, you know, kind of vibe. But, but, but the thing is when you're doing something by yourself, you control the tempo of everything that's happening. Right. <laughs> when you're in a situation on stage like that, where I have to kind of follow Arnie, you have to really fit yourself in. I'm almost a member of the orchestra, you know, even though, and at the same time, I sort of have to still carry this persona like I'm the lead singer. So it's, it's tricky. And, you know, one of the things that's hard about a stage like that from a practical sense is that because you've got such a big stage and so many musicians, what I'm hearing isn't always correct. So in other words, like the drum or whoever's holding down the beat, which is what you need as a singer to kind of lock in and do a good job. I can't always hear that in time. So my ability uh, to trust Arnie and to watch him is just absolutely paramount because I almost have to watch him and trust him more than I trust what I'm hearing. That's a good and point. The trust yes. that has to be going on on that stage has got oh, to be just levels above uh, anything else. It's like oh, doing the calling, close your eyes and fall back exercise, but oh. <laughs> oh, well said, John, it's very, very much like that. And it's, yeah. and it's very, um, you know, I mean, that's a lot. That's like the piece of it that people don't always know. Like, you know, if they think it's like easy or it's like, well, gee, that shouldn't be so hard to, to, you know, stand up and do that. And you're just standing there and it's like, yeah, but there's so much, you know, your ears are as much a part of it as anything. And, and to be mm-hmm. able to navigate that correctly and, you know, not miss your entrance or whatever else. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, obviously it's gotten very familiar territory now, but I mean, it's, it wasn't, uh, you know, super easy at first, you know, but I have to tell you, it was also thrilling. The first time I, I'll never forget the moment I first got on stage and performed with a live orchestra. And it was like, so moving to me. I almost like kind of started, like, I was like almost choked up because it was so beautiful. And to be like in the middle of that and to be singing like with all of that around you is just, it's incredible. It's an incredible it's like being inside the music you know which is if you love music which obviously I do because I've spent my lifetime you know at this point working with it and creating it and yes yeah and it's such a beautiful music so it's really been just you know it's incredible and, and most of my colleagues regardless of what genre they're in would love to sing with a live orchestra I mean it was just it's been a real honor and mm-hmm. you know we hope to do it again soon <laughs> I think right. everybody's hope trying to get uh, back to being able to whether you are an artist or a performer and getting to be on stage again mm-hmm. because that even when you first sat down to talk to us before we started recording I was like all right <laughs> this is like Larissa said it's a ball of energy that like this is 100% <laughs> what you were meant to do or if you're just a concert goer and yeah. you love going out to shows whether they are uh small venues like smoke filled bars a uh, rock band playing something like you used to do uh, or yeah. whether it was a giant concert hall. Uh, everybody's really kind of ready to try to get back on the path to doing that. But I think Larissa has a couple of more questions before we yeah. get off the different worlds thing, before we sure. start talking about your, oh, yeah. your yeah, sure. endeavors. Right. 
go right. for it. Also, too, I wanted to add uh, to kind of piggyback off what John was saying as a very used to be very frequent concert concert goer. I would go to anything and everything as long as it was, you know, a band or a group that I liked. Um, uh, it's been so it's been so different, you know, not having that now. And it makes me really uh, kind of think back to times where like I would almost buy concert tickets and go, no, you know what? I should probably just go to work that day. And like, now I'm like, oh, why did I do that to myself? You know, just mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole ambiance and everything that just, yeah, you, I'm like craving at this point. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, geez. But, um, yeah, with, um, Actually, I wanted to backtrack a little bit more. You had mentioned it. Um, I had it down in a little set of notes that I had. But um, if you'd like, um, tell us a bit more of uh, about um, Red Sea and what that was like. Um, well, you know, that was I was really young when I was in that band, and uh-huh. it was great. I mean, I we I was like in high school, <laughs> so you're really going back far. Um, but no, it was great. I mean, it was a great band, and we you know, we had a lot of success. I mean, we, that was my first experience really touring and, and things like that, but that was more of a thing where I shared the stage with a few other people that were also singers. And I, I mean, I was the lead singer, but right. we had three really strong writers in that band. So it was really hard to like sustain that over time. And I, I think it was very, that's kind of, it was kind of like my first experience really having some success with that. We sold a lot of CDs. We, you know, we toured like crazy people and, mm-hmm intense you know I learned I definitely learned in that situation I, I don't want to live in a van and you know <laughs> months and, <laughs> and just you know there's got to be a better way right but no it was good that it gave me that that first experience Larissa so I you know I appreciate what I learned and I learned I was really a solo artist so that's kind of right <laughs> yeah I, um sorry I wanted to follow up after that with being you know you did that and then you had set off to focus being a solo artist specifically um you um and you also mentioned even before you know we started um the episode and everything doing you know um voice work and stuff like that like so <laughs> was it mostly like TV stuff did you do like radio campaigns you know anything that you could well, all kinds of things. I, you know, I, as things move towards the internet, which obviously that's where we are now, right. people used to go, I mean, I, I kind of was, because I was younger, I kind of caught the tail end of like actually going in person to a lot of sessions. And I, I actually did this really big car campaign. Someone had heard me sing at a club. I was just playing locally here at, even, and I was really young when this happened, but they'd heard my voice and it was like, oh, she'd sound great on this car campaign. So I did this big car campaign and, and made all this money. And I was like, Holy cow! I'm like this uh-huh. is harder than you know playing at a club for a hundred dollars and trying to you know what I mean and so I I'd never really considered doing something like that and and basically because of my exposure with that that commercial I had agents calling me from all over the country and I started just doing tons of session work and I got set up in my home I've got a studio you know here that I work out of and I use it for music but I also use it for session work and so I was getting calls for all kinds of things whether it's you know, singing for commercials or films or, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, different right. records doing vocal arranging me. I've, I've done stuff for like Monday Night Football and Faith Hill. And I mean, oh, really? wow. yep. so, I mean, I've done a, just a ton of different types of things and, and met some just incredible musicians. And then, you know, a lot of our industry is, as you know, it is with anything, it's very communal and like, you know, you meet different people and that 
that's what provides new opportunities and things like that. So there's a lot of, you know, I know some just incredibly talented people, which is so amazing. And that's given me even more opportunities, you know, and I always tell this story to some of my students that it's so important to always try to do your best, you know, because um, you just never know where those opportunities lead. Because to be honest with you, how I even got involved with Distant Worlds and Arnie was through someone that he had hired that knew me from another music company in Chicago that I had done a lot of work for. And he recommended me and, oh wow, you know, so, I mean, it, it goes to show you like always do a great job because if people aren't recommending you, you know, you don't know what opportunities you're missing because you didn't, you weren't willing to take the opportunity when it presented itself. Exactly. And I, and I did, I've always, my work ethic has been, you know, as much as I know God has given me a gift and a talent to do what I do. And at the same time, I've also chosen to work hard. And that's, I think that's something that's really important in life, you know, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that things are just, you know, well, she's really good. So the, the gates will just open. And it just doesn't look like that. You know, I can't tell you the planes I've missed and the hours I've worked extra when I didn't want to. And sleeping on, like my brother lives in Chicago. I don't know how many times I slept on his floor because the session went late and I missed the plane. And I, I totally could have bailed, but I didn't want to because it wasn't the right thing to do. And they need, they, we weren't done. You know what I mean? Right. So it's Your like, work ethic speaks for itself. Yeah. yeah really, absolutely. If it, if it does come between uh, you, somebody who uh, you can trust to put their 120% into it and somebody who did bail on the plane, you know, who is... Right. Who's a conductor going to choose right. to work well, with? You know? Well, you know, and you know how that's another thing that served me well is it was a great training ground because this is the other piece of this is that even though it's wonderful touring with Distant Worlds, you know, when you talk about, and you know, when I started in the project, I was, you know, I was pretty young and it's like, I've never done anything like that. Not, not to that level where there's this many people and there's promoters involved. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with like, you're on a plane. I mean, I was, I'll never forget the first time I was flying to Japan by myself, like never even been on a plane longer than three hours. I'd never even been to Europe yet. And so I was like kind of freaking out Mm -hmm. when the pilot gets on and he's like, we're, we're flying over Russian airspace. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this right now. I'm like, I'm like, like, I kind of miss my mom right now. Like, I'm (laughs) But like, you just kind of feel vulnerable, you know? And it's like, you're a woman and you're traveling alone. And like, even though I'm like, all for like women and girl power and all that. You know, when you go to other cultures, it's not, it's a little different. It's different everywhere right. else. It's not right. right. And exactly, you know, stand up and, you know, shout about inequality, you know, or whatever. Because <laughs> you don't know what you're walking into. And, and that was really, um, it was a really big growth thing for me. And, and if I hadn't had, and I guess I'm saying all this to say about work ethic, mm-hmm. that, that has served me well. Because when you, when you're flying to these different places, I mean, usually I'm there like a day or two in advance, which is not enough time to adjust. Okay. I could imagine to a 14 hour, whatever. I mean, you're exhausted the whole time. I mean, and I love what I do, but you're also, you know, it's like playing with a rubber band around your body. You just feel like, you know, not quite right. And right. as a singer, because you're just like, you're not, you know, when you're not rested as a singer, your range like shrinks into like, I mean, it's so difficult sometimes to warm up and to really sound good. And, these are all the obstacles that like, if I had been, you know, if I had just had it easy, so to speak, I mean, I don't know that I'd be able to overcome all that. I mean, you really have to dig deep right. to find out how to like, like right now I just want to crawl into bed, but I've got to like go and get all glammed up and put on a dress and go out there and just sing my guts out for 5,000 people. Right. I mean, it's not, um, 
it's it's wonderful, but it's not easy, I guess. The discipline saying. that you yeah. have to have to be able to do that. And just a yeah. last note on work ethic. Uh, I think you would probably know this better than anybody. And I think you guys would both agree with the statement. But um, if you are not willing to put in that work and if you're if you are the kind who's exhausted and you're not going to, as you say, get glammed up and go sing your guts out there about a hundred thousand people behind you that are ready to do that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what, you know, I write and ex exactly. And, and, you know, I never, I mean, I always knew that in my mind, but you know, the thing that really, I think, you know, also I feel like one of the reasons I think, well, part of it's like how I was raised. My parents always really were big advocates of working hard and doing, doing that. But I also really care about what kind of person I am. And right. I feel like it's not just about, being great at what you do. It's also about who you are. And I feel like, you know, and especially in a situation like this where there's so many fans and I have, I'm so blessed to have so many people that do appreciate my music and appreciate my voice. And I, I want to do it for them. I don't want to let them down and I want to be someone worth looking up to, you know what I mean? And that's something to me that is so humbling. And it's something I take really seriously. I always want to be someone that is worth following. You know what I mean? Because if you're not living in a way that is really worth following, then you really shouldn't be leading. You know what I mean? Right. Understandable. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's awesome too, to hear it coming, you know, from you, um, in the sense that it's like, you want to, you want to be able to perform the music as best as you can while still staying true to, you know, who you are and what you're about. And just, yeah, it's, I mean, that's really inspiring actually. Oh, thank you. Well, and that's what I hope, you know, that's what this is about for me, because it's more than just the music. I mean, look, music has a power. We've seen it from Final Fantasy. I mean, music has this power to connect people in a way that just very few things in our world do, you know, and mm -hmm. you can take that as an artist. You can use that privilege for a lot of different things. You can use it to make a bunch of money. You can use it to hoard it over the people and to shame other people or to make them feel like they're inadequate. Or you can I mean, there's a million options. And. I guess for me, and I have a really strong faith in God, so I think that's sort of what keeps me centered. Well, I know it does. <laughs> and that's the thing that I think really grounds me and makes me really realize, like, I feel an accountability for what I have. And I feel like I want to use it for something good, always. And I pray every day that I do, you know, that I use it as a chance to be a blessing to people, that I use it to inspire them, that I want all my fans to feel seen and heard. I want to inspire them to go after their dreams. And, you know, that's just really important to me. Because otherwise, like, you know, that's my why, you know, which is <laughs> I'm always telling my students this, you know, like you've got to have a good why. It's not it's not enough just to, you know, shoot randomly at a goal in life. You want to have a good reason for what you're doing. And mm -hmm. I think the more you can identify that, you know, it's really going to shape your future. You know? Yeah. You have a philosophy behind yes. what you do. There's something that puts you on that stage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um. Back with, I mean, like kind of sticking on to the distant world stuff, um, obviously getting into, you know, performing the songs that you've performed and stuff. Have you found, um, I guess, a favorite song that you like to perform? <laughs> um, you know, it's so hard to pick because I like a lot of the, you know, I like all the songs are beautiful. I mean, I think I'm always going to really love uh, Distant Worlds because it's kind of the first song I ever did. And it's, I don't know, there's just something really beautiful about it. Um, I love that one. I, and I'm always going to love Answers because I think it's the song that really made me, it really gave me that deeper connection with the community because it was like mm -hmm. in the game, you know, and like I was the singer in the game for the first time. So that was, that's a really strong song. 
Um, and I, I always really like Kiss Me Goodbye too. That's actually, I know that's, you know, I know that's a popular one, not maybe as popular as some of the other vocal pieces, but I don't know. I just think that's a great song. I just, it and it's probably the most similar to like something if I was going to write a Final Fantasy song, it's probably more like a pop song than the other ones. Right. Absolutely. I could yeah. say, I, yeah, yeah. I, exactly what you're saying. When though. I first heard it, I was like, yeah, I can do this. I know how to sing this. You know what I mean? Like I kind of right. familiar, like a familiar genre, you know, so. I like that one too, but I mean, they're all great. I mean, great. probably my favorites, those three, you know, what? And just going off of that, because uh, you were saying about answers really being mm -hmm. the first time that you were, it was you. Yeah. You know, this is like your piece. D is it weird for you ever? Like, did you ever see yourself being the voice in a song in a massively selling video game? That's not even from this country. Like when you were in that stuff, <laughs> no. you Traveling across the country. Do you ever think like, no. yeah, you know what? I'm people are going to be holding controllers to this. No. <laughs> yeah. <All> right. <laughs> Short answer. Absolutely no. Not. I mean, I just, no, I never, I mean, this has been, I've always known about video games and stuff, but I've never been, you know, I never was really a gamer. Not because I didn't think it was cool or anything, but just I've always been so busy, honestly, because I've, I've really been so focused on music and writing music and my career. And, you know, I, I don't really... I don't have a ton of free time in my life, you know, mm -hmm. um, but, but um, no. And I, I've come to appreciate it in another level because I've discovered almost the secret world of people. <laughs> right, right, right. And I'm like, Oh, you guys are like, you're like, you've got your own society going really. Oh so, yeah. Which so <laughs> is really cool. You know, it's really cool. And I think, and you know, the, you know, what's been kind of neat is to see, I think there's a lot of um, incorrect stigmatism about video game, like who plays video games? I mean, at least there used to be. I think that's probably less now because things absolutely. Are but one thing that I think is really cool. I mean, I've just met so many cool people that are gamers, and it's. I think one of the coolest communities of people I have met are some of the people that are um, disabled. There is a large amount of disabled people that play video games because they can't. You know, obviously for them it's appealing because they they don't have as many options as, you know, as right. someone else for entertainment and things they might want to get involved with. Right. And that's been really cool to meet some of them. And I've become actually really good friends with a few of them, and which has been really awesome. So that's have so you, awesome. Have you found that you've been accepted, do you think, by this fan base in particular? I mean, I know it's not your, uh, right. it's not what you started yeah. with, but do you right. feel welcomed? Yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, I'm look, I'm sure in any kind of community, there's going to be people that don't love you, you know, and that's, and that's a, to be expected. And I don't, that's everywhere. That, but yeah, that's, that's common. And that's not, you know, I think considering how many people play this game, I get so very, very little negative feedback from people. You know, I really, I mean, there's so much positive, you know, and I, I'm very blessed for that because I mean, that doesn't, you know, happen a whole lot. I mean, most artists get a fair amount of, you know, negative stuff happening or, you know, someone saying something. And of course that's always the stuff that's hurtful because you want everyone to love you and, you know, you know, that's always the thing you have to let go and just go, all right, you know, it's okay. Like not everyone's going to like you and some people are going to be really sick of you or think they never want to hear you sing again because you've sung three songs for the franchise and they're like, please find another singer. But then there's people that are like, oh, I wish you'd sing another one, you know? So it's, it's, yes, I have felt very accepted and loved by the community, which I really appreciate. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's been great, you know? Well, that's good. Cause if anybody was starting problems, Susan, Tell me, and I went personally. 
personally take care of them for you. Thank you. I appreciate it, John. You can be, you're hired. You can be my little, you know, <laughs> you can a be a little. Oh, okay. no, I see how it is. No, it's <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm sure you're not. You're probably tall. You sound tall. Do I sound tall? I, I, I guess I don't know, six, six foot. I'm not. I used to be tall in high school, and now people are like six, seven, seven two. Oh, that's So well, are you tall, John? <laughs> um, you got a great radio voice, John. So oh, thanks. I know you really do. I See, think now so. it's it's weird because somebody who makes a living off of their voice is like trying to compliment me, and I don't know how to feel. So oh, what I'll God. probably have to do is deflect and go <laughs> just take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it genuinely. You sound great. So you know what? Going off of that, uh, talking about mm -hmm. how we were talking about like negative feedback uh -huh. um, and accepting compliments, like I'm terrible with it. Uh, do you feel like as a creative person that you're just sometimes your own worst critic? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think as an artist, I think if you are truly have the heart and soul of an artist, you're always striving to be better. And I, I do that with myself. And I and even in recent years, I've been really challenged even more, even during the pandemic to just really recommit myself to like practicing. You know, I, I have a practice schedule. I practice voice. I practice my set. I write music. I try to really discipline myself because those are the things that really push you and keep you better because I want to be the best version of myself. I mean, my bar for myself is much higher than anyone else could hold for me. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's important to, you know, the way I look at compliments, John, is that, I mean, look, I always appreciate that because it just means that you're what something you're doing is resonating with people and that makes you feel good because I work really hard at this. So you want to know it's making a difference somehow, you know, right. it's always nice when people recognize it. And that's sort of what I really look at that as meaning is when someone's giving you a compliment, they're, they're encouraging you and they're recognizing that, Hey, you know, you're putting, you know, you're sharing something you can do and it's, it's, you know, it's helping them somehow it's giving them, you know, it's entertaining them. It's inspiring them. It's, and that's great, you know, and there's so many people that do that for me with their gifts, you know, cause I guess I'm kind of a firm believer. We all have special gifts of some kind and it's just mm -hmm. understanding and getting in touch with what those are and, singing might be a little easier for me to get in touch with than maybe someone else's gift. Maybe someone else has a gift of like, you know, they're really great with numbers or, you know, they're an amazing accountant or they're an amazing doctor or they're, you know, or even also um, not to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah. Susan, um, just um, within my neighborhood, um, I, there are a couple of art studios around and um, whenever, well, when we would have art shows at the studios and stuff, um, either the owner or one of my friends who would be a part of the art shows and stuff, they would always contact me and say, Hey, you know, bring some of your pieces out, you know, if you want to sell anything, bring it with, or, um, I remember the last art show I did, it was strictly, um, we had to create all of our art using cardboard. So that was a lot of fun too, but I understand what you're saying. And like the, um, geez, I lost my train of thought. Art, cardboard, bringing stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> um, just um, there's always yeah there's always gonna be people who recognize that you are good at what you do you know I have like for example just everyone in the studio they love what I do they always invite me over to you know to just give my art put it on the walls etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm never really trying to sell anything either it's more of just a you know a showcase of it this is what I am this is what I do and um I guess it's the same way more or less kind of with um you know, just singing, it's, 
you know, you create things and it's, it's, um, yeah, you wouldn't be doing it unless there was a real love there. Right. Um, right. So, and that's always my challenge, you know, just to be the best I can be, you know, and just keep growing, keep pushing and just see how far I can go, you know? Right. There's, like there's a point that you'll probably not, uh, you won't be, you'll have reached the end of your career. You won't be pursuing uh, as much anymore, but you'll still be singing and you'll still be sure. teaching probably. Yeah. Right. Just because there is a love there. It's something that you've done your whole life. Right. Um, so just cause we're going to wrap up soon because I didn't, you know, we said we weren't going to take you for that long. <laughs> we already went a little over. No, uh, I think it's been great. I just want to give you an opportunity to maybe talk about some of your solo stuff. Cause you do have some new stuff out. Yes. And what the process was like for that? How did uh, maybe quarantine contribute to that creativity? Sure. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, since since the pandemic, it's definitely challenged me to sort of rethink and re-embrace um, the international audience that I have around me right now. Um, and I, I want all of them to feel a part of this community. And I think my attempts in doing that have been to release music. Um, and to also create some really great online experiences. And yes, I did put out a new single a few months ago. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably going to be releasing a single every six weeks or so in 2021. So stay tuned for that. And I'm also doing some piano vocal versions of some of the Final Fantasy songs, which at this point are going to be exclusively released to my Patreon members. I have a very active oh, Patreon really? community. Yeah. So I want to invite everyone out there too. If you hear this, if you're interested, I have... A few different tiers. I have, you know, different options for different price points. It's super affordable. It's like a cup of coffee to join. It's not a lot of money, but we have um, private live chats and concerts and streams. There's free merch. There's all kinds of different options. So it's just patreon.com backslash Susan Calloway. Super easy to find me. But um, if you're interested in getting my own versions of some of these Final Fantasy songs, that would be a great uh, way to do that is to sign up for Patreon and you get all my music what for free. We'll so, throw that, just that link in the description also. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Everybody gets lost. And then I do have free stuff too. I'm, I started a new chat series, um, which would be fun. You guys, hey, you guys can maybe come as guests on my show because I'm doing yeah. a, a chat series every Wednesday starting next week that's called Scar Stories. I started it this fall and it kind of turned into a thing. And so I'm going to continue doing it. And it's basically like kind of an inspirational live chat podcast where I do some interviews. Well, it's actually not technically a podcast yet. We're going to be, I think, turning it into one. Right now it's all live. Oh, okay. um, but it's basically it kind of follows different themes of, of, and stuff. And it's it's kind of become a destination for fans who are especially kind of struggling with, you know, hard stuff right now. You know, it's kind of a podcast that's right. designed towards kind of encouragement and like inspiring everybody that's you know, maybe you are, maybe you did lose your job. Maybe you're going through some crisis or you've lost someone you love because of Corona or, you know, just various, you know, life struggles, which we all deal with. Right. So how did that, how did that start? Was that just an idea that you had and it kind of um, turned into actually, something? sorry, I didn't mean to, no, interrupt. Go. Go um, what actually, um, caused me to even reach out to Susan in the first place was I had hopped into um on Fridays she will occasionally do a pop-up concert on Facebook and uh, yeah, I that's right right and I had tuned into it and you know I I believe you sang one of the songs from 14 um and then you did one of your own songs and that was what um and I do recall you mentioning that you were going to be starting the scar stories um 
I'm glad to hear that, you know, you've got it up and running and kind of a system for it and like that you have it planned out and everything like that. Yeah, it's really, well, you know, and I, and I'm so glad, Larissa, I'm glad that you, you know, popped in and, and heard that. Cause I mean, I, I kind of started to promote my, my single favorite scar and I just was going to yeah. do it like, what are your scars? And let's talk about, and I had different people on of just, you know, they had overcome some amazing things in their life that I admired and it just became so inspiring and people were like chatting and like tuning in. And now I can't even tell you though, like my inbox has been flooded with fans going, when are you starting the next one? I loved it. It was like the high point of my week because it just gave me like encouragement. And it's just supposed to show you how just creating a community where people can kind of talk and just hear some positive vibes. Cause there's so much negative junk out there right now, as we all know. Right. It's so nice to create something that gives people hope and says, Hey, you know, you're not alone. Like we're dealing, like I'm dealing with something too. And this is what's helping me and you're not alone, you know, and you can kind of pop in here and, you know, it can maybe change how you're feeling about your life. <laughs> oh, right. Absolutely. You on your Facebook on your personal Facebook. Um, It is. I, well, I, I actually, with scar stories, I was going to four platforms. I was going to Twitch and Periscope. Oh, okay. This is not going to be, I think you're going to be able to go to Twitter live now. But it would basically Twitter, uh, Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube. So I was going to four platforms at once, actually, with it. So, um, yeah. So it's, but I'm going to start it next Wednesday again. And the theme for the next six weeks is going to be finding your peace, you know? Awesome. Um, I did notice a bit, too. You would post, um, I think it was on YouTube, you would put it, like, one of your, like, you know, like, comfort food recipes and stuff like that. Like, you're doing a lot of different stuff right now, given, you know, how hard times are with COVID and having the quarantine and all of that kind of stuff. Like you're, you seem to really be making the best of the situation. I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll do some more cooking things. I've actually had a couple fans ask me cause I actually am like a huge cook. Like I love, like, that's one of my favorite things to do is actually cook a big dinner or something and have friends. Really? Yeah. I thought you loved to sing. <laughs> oh, I do love, <laughs> but that's like in there, you know, when I'm my downtime, my hangout time, you know, it's like, that's, I, I love doing that kind of stuff, you know? So Right, you right. got to be doing something. You have that energy to you too. I know like you have a yeah. hard time sitting still, don't you? Um, right. Sometimes. I mean, well, you know what? I'm kind of extreme. Like I'm, I, I've been, I don't know, like I work really hard for like maybe four or five days and then I'll just be really tired for a day. Yeah. You need a rest day to kind of like recuperate and get that energy back. Exactly. But then I'll be like, when I'm back at it, I'm back at it like crazy, like gangbusters and I'll work really hard. <laughs> So yeah, I'm odd bird that way. <laughs> well, I mean, this is uh, look. I mean, this has been awesome. Um, yeah, you are an incredibly, really, just a down to earth person. Um, oh, thanks, honestly, been a pleasure talking to you, uh, Larissa. I think Larissa was sounding like she was kind of having a good time over there. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been having the greatest time since I started. Are you kidding me? I know this was awesome, you guys. I so appreciate you having me on and and letting me share. And you know, I hope. I hope all the fans listening know that, you know, how much we all care about them, that, you know, we're all going to get through this time. I know it's been really hard and I'm so grateful you guys are doing stuff too, to keep people engaged and interested and entertained, you know, during all of this. And uh, right. I, know, I know we're going to have a good year here. I, I know we got off to a rough start, but I still believe that things are going to turn around. So absolutely. They have to. They have to. I mean, that's our nature. Exactly. To adapt and overcome. And you're right. Like putting stuff out there, whether it is music or the live streams that you're doing uh, and starting back up on Wednesdays, or whether it's this podcast, anything, uh, anything to latch on to, anything that you can 
hold on to for enjoyment. Right. Is really something. But so you're all right. So we'll put the link to your Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Susan Calloway. Correct. Yeah. And Wednesdays, we should be seeing you for. Scar stories. Scar stories. Scar stories. Five o'clock p.m. EST, and it is recorded. So if it's not a good time for you, you can you know watch it later. So five EST sounds good. Yeah. Well, again, Susan, thank you so much for coming uh, coming on. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure, so much, Susan. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. Do it again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed that episode. We've got another episode dropping in the next three or four days. And that episode is going to be about Final Fantasy XIV. And we're going to talk about the struggling start of the game to the relaunch with A Realm Reborn all the way up to the most recent patches. So if you enjoyed listening to Susan, who worked extensively on the game, then you will enjoy, hopefully enjoy, us talking about why the game is one of the greatest Final Fantasies, and also why many fans of the franchise haven't played it, and what they possibly could do to get past their it's an MMO, I don't play MMOs mindset, which, honestly, within the fandom, many have. So, thanks for listening. Hope you guys are having a great week. We have a new episode in a couple of days, so stick around, enjoy. Thanks a lot.